Bula. My name is Dylan Arvella and this is the first, what I would call, proper episode of the Ultimate Fiji Soccer Cup podcast. And joining me is the chief organiser of the competition, Mr. Bruce Tilt. Thank you for joining us. Great to be here. So first of all, before we start discussing the competition at large, can you sort of tell us a bit more about yourself and your sort of context within football? Yeah, I've been coaching for about 40 years now. I'm currently with the Fernhill Football Club in the Premier League here in Illawarra. Um, have been in Sydney for many, many years and have coached around the world in different uh, countries just to learn about their style of football. Fiji was one that I got involved in uh, about nine years ago. And uh, you could see that there was just raw talent running around the villages and there was an opportunity to bring in some sort of structure of coaching and develop their game right from the grassroots level and, and that would then help them in the future years. And you've t- you touched on it there, you've been involved with Fijian football for about nine years now. I think this is the ninth edition of the Ultimate Fiji Soccer Cup. Can you sort of tell us a bit more about how it started and how it's grown in the period since? Yeah, we were asked to come in there by the national coach to assist their boys uh, under-17 squad initially. Uh, They were preparing for World Cup qualifiers and being isolated in Fiji, they they couldn't get that competition to be able to see how how they were performing. So we went over and did some work with them and um, they weren't bad outfits. It took a couple of years, but they eventually beat New Zealand and they even went on to the under-20s to make the World Cup. So that was a feather in their cap. That squad actually moved through went to Brazil for under-23s. So when you're talking about uh, Pacific nations and the ability of players and what there is out there, I think there's a lot of great players. They just need that structure. Fiji now have a great network of coaches all around the countryside and uh, they're able now to produce better players than we had for the A-League and and further forward. And for the 2018 edition of the competition, there's... Uh, I want to sort of get the gauge of how big this year's tournament is going to be in terms of the amount of players, teams involved, uh, what nations are being represented. Yeah, so this year we have in Australia, we have a New South Wales squads coming in. There's select squads from country and city players, both boys and girls. Uh, we've worked hard uh, you know, going around the whole state to find the players that we want. Because of the nature of it, they, we don't get to train together. So the idea is to be able to look for smarter players that are understanding the national curriculum and that when they then get together for the odd session, maybe one session before we go, um, they can then adapt pretty quickly. And it's all about them understanding who has the ball. You know, we've got the ball or they've got the ball. If they've got the ball, you know, how do we get it back? And if we've got the ball, how do we get it forward and score goals? So these players are, um, have been selected on their ability to read the game and on their ability to play the game. We also have South Australia, represented by their state body. Um, It's their country state teams in both the uh, senior and youth, boys and girls. And New Zealand are in there as well. So they'll all come over. We have something like 530 players and supporters coming into Fiji to meet up with the Fijian teams and play in all the age groups. So we're looking at a development age group, which is predominantly 12-year-old boys, a junior age group, which is virtually 14s, the youth, is it like an under-16, 15, 16 comp? And then the seniors, which is the 18 boys. In the girls, we're looking at um, what we consider a youth age group is the 14s. They're preparing for their next World Cup cycle. And their more senior team, which is their 17s, uh, again, looking at their World Cup cycle, they've got games on next year. And in the past, we've sort of you've discussed with me about how this is a competition that's only going to have a, a sort of a set size, so I can't just continually keep on growing. Uh, but is there has there been other countries in the past involved? Is there plans to get other countries involved in the future? 
Yeah, we're actually going to the US in January to talk to a lot of clubs over there. We'd like to get the US involved in some way. Um, I, I think that they would provide a different style of football and, and especially in the girls' programs, and I think that would be beneficial. Um, you know, we do only want probably six or eight teams in those competitions in each age group. And, you know, predominantly you've got to look at what Fiji want. If they're saying they've got two teams, then we'll have four. Um, but we're open to teams who want to come into it. We just want them to realise that you can only play a game a day. The conditions are very tough for anyone that goes over there. And duty of care must uh, you know, come through. And... You've touched about it on the last couple of answers, but what are some of the challenges that the Australian teams and the team from New Zealand that is going to face when they go over to Fiji? I was listening to an interview with Roy Krishna a couple of days ago, and he was saying that when he went from Fiji to New Zealand, he noticed about how cold New Zealand was. Mm. And I, I, Australia is a fairly fairly hot place, but I'm not sure it gets quite as hot and muggy as hot and muggy as uh, Fiji does at the time we're going over there. Yeah, it's a big factor, you know, and it's interesting. The South Australian players can come from Broken Hill and, and Port Pirie and quite isolated areas, but the heat is very, very different. And the same with our Australian players. I think we, uh, you know, we get a cool breeze along the coast and all those sorts of different things. It's nothing like the Fijian weather. And you've got to adapt to that. And I, and I think, you know, we look at the Fijians and they barely work up a sweat, you know, and, and they have so much life and, and so much desire to play the game. So they have a really good coach in there, uh, Christophe Gamel, who's from uh, France, and uh, he has a tremendous football brain and understanding of what he wants to create and his influence is not to take away the exuberance that Fiji has so you know our players can expect to have those Fijians right in their face all the time you've got to remember that this is their national program and their players are looking to get into the national team they want to follow Krishna they want to get all the way through and they're getting looked at every minute of every day so uh, you know the enthusiasm from them is one thing um, but the conditions of the games and let's have a look at you know some of the fields we play at we could be at uh, Latoka, uh, Churchill Park, world-class stadium, beautiful field. Um, we can be in Nandy where we may have to play in one of the local grounds where the Fiji you know, national squads train. And, and, you know, it's dry and dusty and you just got to work through it. So there's going to be a great mix of, of uh, locations to play. And, and that's just the beauty of what it is for Fiji with our players. You know, I think in Australia we get, you know, fields with lights and, and you know, marked out and all the rest of it. And that Fiji's a lot different than that. They do have some of those, but not all of them. So it's going to be a bit of a cultural shock for some of our players to be able to step up on the different surfaces. And football is football, but what are what are a couple of the different rules that the players and teams are going to have to um, think about in the competition? Yeah, we, we do a lot of work with coach education while we're over there as well. So even the coaches that we take over, we want them thinking more about the game. And, and we've had specialist coaches come in. Hesterine Darus, the former Matildas coach, comes over and joins us now and again. Uh, Peter Preston comes in from the Mariners. Um, and, and part of their role is to educate coaches on how we develop players to the higher levels. But the tournament itself, you know, we've been able to throw in some extra rules in there about goal scoring, about saying that you get three points for a win and one for a draw, but you also get one point for scoring the first goal. So tactically, coaches need to think about it. Do you go out and try and get that early goal and bag that point to start with? Or if a game is 0-0, zero, zero, are you going to change your tactics towards the end of the game to try and get that goal and get those bonus points? We also do it with our development age groups where we've you know, changed the size of the penalty areas. It goes right across the side of the field, allows goalkeepers to roam a little bit more and want the ball and be more involved with their back line. Um, so, you know, I think it's about 
not only players learning different uh, mythology of playing the game and a different understanding of the game, it's also about coaches understanding different things and uh, letting them enjoy what they've got to do as well. Rugby is undoubtedly the number one sport in Fiji, but soccer, it is the world game. It's pretty much popular in every country in the world, but how much have you seen it sort of develop in Fiji uh, in recent years? Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting because I think that in rugby, the way we look at it, that um, you know, those better athletes, the bigger, stronger players are going into rugby and, and it's played everywhere all over Fiji, in every little paddock, everywhere they just love playing the game. But I think when you get down to the serious side of it, there still is that limited number of elite athletes that actually go all the way in the Fijian team. And over the last couple of years, they've been very, very successful, especially with their sevens and things like that. What's created is a very uh, you know, settled number of players who can do that. So other players now who are athletic are now thinking that football might be another career path. And we've been able to tap into the younger age groups, educate them about football nice and early, give them soccer balls. We have a big program starting up in uh, December where we have a lot of size three soccer balls we're trying to issue out to the girls program in Fiji and increase their numbers as well. So we're competing and we're competing in a way that we're providing them with good coaching, with a different uh, size ball and, and a different design ball and they're quite enjoying the soccer ball. Football is the main reason where the, this tournament exists, because obviously it's a football tournament, but it's the, the concept is, is about more than just football, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. You know, we, um, we do give the kids a little bit of time off, and you are in Fiji, and they go off to an island and have a look around there and enjoy a day over there and things like that. But, you know, we do so much with um, some of the community groups over there. and There's three groups in particular that we look at. So we try to help Fiji football themselves, so we're often donating uh, playing strips and those sorts of different things and soccer boots and balls and markers and bibs. And it's huge for them because it allows them to keep expanding out into all the villages and, and having equipment out there. Um, we have an opportunity to go and meet some of the locals in their local environment, in their local village. And it's a little bit ad hoc. It's not a commercial enterprise. We meet up with their chief and uh, we're able to sit down and drink the kava with them and sing songs and, and just see where they live and what they're involved in. And in those areas, we're taking a lot of you know, children's clothing and, and school books and all those sorts of things and nappies and things that they really need to help their communities in there as well. We do a lot of work with the Fijian Sports Commission and they often talk to us about um, different things specifically what they need. This year it's glucometers. They need to be able to test glucose uh, for some of the people with diabetes and things. So we're taking over a heap of those uh, meters to help them out and swabs and that as well. And last year actually we took over um, about 20 little balls that had the bell in them for the blind kids. So, you know, there's a lot of different areas that we do get involved in. It's great for our kids to see that in Fiji, that that still exists, and they need that support. And I'd imagine for the Australian-based players, that'd, that'd be a massive eye-opener. For the football side, you're playing in different conditions to show that, you know, there are people that are less advantaged and going into the villages as well to realise that, you know, the world isn't just like like you're living in the Illawarra or something like that. Yeah, and it's interesting too because we talk about bottled water and things like that. You know, it's it's not unsafe, their water, but it's like anywhere. It could play with your stomach a little bit. So, you know, things like bottled water don't tip it over your head. It's a commodity that you've got to look after. And, you know, at the end of the week, any of the water that we don't drink, we put together and we give to one of the orphanages for the young babies. They need that themselves. So, you know, there's a lot of things that our kids are looking at where, you know, they can go home, um, they can just make a sandwich do what they like, 
these kids go to a village and cook over an open fire. It's still there, you know. They don't necessarily have electricity, so um, you know it is, it's very different for our guys, and they and they are very humble by the end of the week. But I think that it's a memory that lasts for a lifetime, and um, you know we're so pleased that not only are we helping kids to go there. Our repeat clientele of kids that want to go back year after year after year, it's quite amazing. We have some kids who have gone, you know, four times. They uh, came in as a young one and they saw it and they wanted to go back. And their parents recognise that as well. And, and so it's a great week for them to be able to get kids back to ground, ground level. And what are a couple of things that you're most looking forward to over the week that we're spending in Fiji? I'm really looking forward to see what talent's been put together from the Australian and New Zealand teams to um, test the Fijians out. You know, if Fiji's going to improve in football, they need to be against quality players. So I'm really looking forward to watching the games and, and seeing whether we can come up with some different tactics that we can teach Fiji and uh, experiment against them with as well. I'm looking to see more about... Um, whether we can expand the ideas of players, you know, is there more that we can do in Fiji? You know, there's different programs that are going at the moment where they're sort of building little huts and things like that, and maybe we can find ways to do that. So we'll be opening up our eyes around the different places to see if we can expand ideas to help Fijians. But I think more than anything else, at the end of the week, we have a big um, presentation evening, and we get all the players together, and we hope the Fijians come to that. They don't always like to come because it's in... Uh, in the soft hotel in the grand ballroom and they feel out of place but we invite them and we're going to bring them in and let them to be involved with our kids in our environment our environment is a five-star environment and it's it's not wrong but it is our environment and, and to, for some Fijian kids to see what we do I think will give them then that incentive to say I can do better in my football and then go to New Zealand Australia and improve and and come into our area. Well it has been quite a you know an eye-opener just talking to you now for the last 15 minutes or so um, we'll leave it leave it there what I will say is that Anyone listening to this that hasn't liked the Ultimate Fiji Soccer Cup page, go and like that over on Facebook. Anyone that's posting anything about the tournament on any social media platform, please use the hashtag UFSC2018. You can also subscribe to the pod, which will be on iTunes, Pocket Cast, or any other sort of podcast player out there. Or there'll be a link on the aforementioned Facebook page. And with that, thank you very much. Or should I say Vanaka? And uh, the next time you'll hear from us, we'll be in Fiji. So, bye for now.